Good morning to you all. Beautiful morning. Kind of small crowd, but... <clears throat> I guess as I'm trying to get my thoughts together and a message to bring, I felt like I was barely making five loaves and two fishes, so maybe that helps that the crowd is smaller. <laughs> So anyway, I trust in the Lord that what I have will bless you. <clears throat> and welcome to the visitors. Let's have a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you and thank you that you caused the sun to shine upon us again. Another fresh day. Thank you for each one that's here, that you've given us life and health. And, and that you are, your ears open unto our prayer this morning. That you hear us and you care for us. You look down on each of us, and you love us, and desire to bless us. And Lord, we, we pray that we could open our hearts to that, that we may receive the abundance of life that you have for us. Father, give me grace as I share this word, to, uh, that it can be a blessing. And, and uh, I pray that you could use it as you desire. So bless each of us with ears to hear your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So the title of my message is, In What is Your Confidence? And I'm not sure um, why this is the message. It's not that I had anything in mind. Um, <clears throat> it's what came to me as in a, in a motel, 4 o'clock one morning out in Illinois, and having my devotions, this is what the Lord said I should share. So... Um, I think all of us have challenges in our life that we we find we have to put our confidence in something, and uh, sometimes we do it wrongfully and sometimes rightfully. Um, I guess it's, it's a challenge in my life, and I don't think I'm any different. So there's examples in the Bible of, and I'm going to read them here, of three men in particular, actually four. Interestingly, they're all kings, but that they put their confidence in God, um, and then some of them put their confidence in other things, and the, and the outcome of that was not very good, as we'll see. <clears throat> so the first one I'm going to look at is King Abijah in Second Chronicles 13. Second Chronicles 13, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Um, the example here, I believe, is that Abijah did put his confidence in God, and God worked mightily for him. And then it ends towards the end of his life, and it doesn't say that he put his confidence in anything else. So this is a positive example, or it ends in a positive way. So I'll read it here. Now in the 18th year of King Jeroboam began Abijah to reign over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Micaiah, 
Matiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. And Abijah set the battle in array with an army of valiant men of war, even 400,000 chosen men. Jeroboam also set the battle in array against him with 800,000 chosen men, being mighty men of valor. So there you get the picture. He's outnumbered two to one. I mean, the uh, opponent is double his size. And personally, I've never seen 800,000 people. And I'm not sure if you're out in the battle, 800,000 men probably looks even bigger. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happened here. And Abijah stood up upon a mount, Zemaram, which is in a mount Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam and all Israel. Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons, by covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord. And there gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial, and have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam and the son of Solomon. When Rehoboam was young and tender-hearted and could not withstand them. And now ye think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David. And ye be a great multitude, and there are with you golden calves which Jeroboam made you for gods. Have ye not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have made you priests after the manner of the nations of other lands, so that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same may be a priest of them that are no gods. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites wait upon their business. And they burn unto the Lord every morning and every evening, burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. The shewbread also set they in order upon the pure table, and the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof, to burn every morning. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but ye have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain. And his priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you, O children of Israel. Fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. Now that you can tell where he had his confidence to, to uh, withstand an army of 800,000 men, double their size, and to say they would not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them, so that... So they were before Judah, and the ambushment was behind them. So now they're, now they're circled. Not only are they doubled in number, they're, they're encircled um, on both sides. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind, and they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets. Then the man of Judah gave a shout, and as the man of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. And Abijah and his people slew them with a great slaughter, so there fell down slain of Israel 500,000 chosen men. This is quite a, a victory. Uh, 400,000 men, which 
it almost appears well yes yeah, I, I suppose they did they did fall before the Abijah and his men but they slew 500,000 of the 800,000 thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers and Abijah pursued after Jeroboam and took cities from him Bethel with the towns thereof and Shishuna with the towns thereof and Ephraim with the towns thereof Neither did Jeroboam recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. But Abijah waxed mighty, and married fourteen wives, and begat twenty and two sons and sixteen daughters. And the rest of the acts of Abijah and his ways and his sayings are written in the story of the prophet Idu. So there's one um, somewhat inspiring account of Abijah, how he, um, what was it, two tribes against ten, I think it was, and uh, 400,000 against, against 800,000 men. He put his trust in God, and God wrought a great uh, victory for him. So there's an example of a man that put his confidence in God, and turn back a little to Second Chronicles 15. Starting at verse 1, going through into chapter 16. This is of King Asa, or Asa, Asa. How he put his confidence in God. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel hath, hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroying destroyed of nation and city of city for God did vex them with all adversity be ye strong therefore and let not your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they and they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. 
whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. And also concerning Meachah, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. So you see, Asa, he put his trust in God. He brought a revival of some sort here in Israel and uh, committed himself and all of Israel to seek after God. So there's his example of putting his confidence in God. And unfortunately, we see as we read further that it didn't always stay that way. Verse 18, He brought into the house of the God house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold and vessels and there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa so on into chapter 16 in the six and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa Baasha king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come into Asa king of Judah then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Behadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have set thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Behadad hearkened unto King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they smote Ijon and Dan and Abelamam and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Baasha heard it that he left off building a Ramah and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof wherewith Baasha was building, and he built therewith Geba and Mizbah. And you, you would say that the Lord's blessing him. He, he got a victory here. He's free from his enemy, and uh, things are going well. But then we read, At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to shew himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in the prison house. 
for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. So here you have a man that brought a revival in, in Israel, uh, tore down the altars, and um, him with all of Israel made an oath that they would serve God. And, and when they got in a time of difficulty and they were, um, their opponents were vexing them, he calls out to a, <clears throat> a neighboring country with silver and gold to come rescue them. And it actually... It appears like it brought, it brought a curse on him. I don't know if a curse, but God was not pleased with it. And uh, it did not go well with him. So there you had two sides of it. He put his confidence in God, but as time went on, he reverted back to placing his confidence in the strength of man. So very, I think it's a very real challenge. We can look at this and say... Yeah, he shouldn't have done that, but how does that apply in our life? And we're not fighting wars, but I think we are. And uh, where do we put our confidence? <clears throat> There's another man that we all know well, and it's David. I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, I think most of us know his account with Goliath uh, quite well. But I'm going to read part of it. First Samuel. <clears throat> Seventeen. See, I think it's starting at thirty two. I'm just kind of breaking in here. I think most of us know the story of David as a shepherd boy and seeing Goliath defying the God of Israel. And he uh, knew that his God was big enough that he didn't need to fear. And he had his confidence in God. And if I remember right, um, I think David was, was he 17 years old? Is that commonly what thought at that time? He was a young man anyway, and so a perfect example of putting your confidence in God against reason. So first Samuel seventeen thirty-two to forty-seven. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Speaking of Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, 
Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor and put on helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off from him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. Now, do you think David had much confidence um, in his weaponry? I mean, I think he was skilled at his sling and his stone, but... It doesn't seem like a wise thing to do to go against Goliath with that. I think he had his confidence in God. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So that's just, if you ever feel like you're up against something that you're uh, way undersized and it's, uh, it's something that's bigger than you can face. Put your confidence in God and as these men did. And I know there's a, lot, um, there's a lot more examples of people that put their confidence in God. I'm just picking a few. But the warning in this too is that as we read with Asa... Uh, putting your confidence in something else. And we see David in his good beginning and his how well he did. There was a time towards the end where he, he made the same mistake and it was very detrimental to him and to Israel. In First Chronicles 21, <clears throat> 1 through 8, it says, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And I wondered, uh, and I didn't study this out, but I think uh, back in the more uh, the Old Testament law that it says that they were not to number their tribes or their, their army. But I think the purpose of it was God wanted them to trust in him and not in their number of warriors. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, 
Go number Israel from Beersheba unto Dan, and bring the number of them to me, that I may know it. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people an hundred times so many more as they be. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then doth my lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Interestingly, Joab knew that David should not be doing this. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David, and all they of Israel were a thousand thousand, would be a million, and an hundred thousand men that drew sword. And Judah was four hundred thousand and ten thousand men that drew sword. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And God was displeased with the thing, therefore he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And then, uh, I think you know this story, how God punished Israel uh, because of it. And I think it was with a pestilence. Because he, he put his confidence in the number of people that he had. So the list goes on and on. Um, there's, there's many more accounts of people that they put their confidence in God and they triumph or they put their confidence in other things and they failed. I'd like to read 1 Corinthians First Corinthians one. Twenty six and thirty to thirty one. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but if him are ye in Christ Jesus, who is who of God is made unto us righteous wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. There was, I said there was four men. There was another one. Saul, which I'm not going to read much of him, but in 1 Samuel 15, this was after uh, Saul did not destroy the Amalekites, I think it was, and he brought back um, oxen and 
I'm not sure what it all was, but Samuel the prophet came to him and said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? So here you have this. I always appreciated it when he said, When you were little in your own sight, you were made a king. And I think that's very key. You, you look at these, these men that they place their confidence in God. And I believe they were little in their own sight. I mean, because they knew what was before them, they were insufficient to do. And that's why they place their confidence in God. <clears throat> and as we just read earlier, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. So God desires to take the weak. God desires to take the um, those that are insufficient to their task and to show himself mighty through them. So if you feel insufficient, just put your confidence in God because he is sufficient. <clears throat> there's many things that we can have our confidence in and uh, I just I just thought about this what are the greatest what are some of the greatest things that man put their confidence in and there's there's probably an almost unending unending task or list but I thought there's there's some things and I was just kind of thinking if you could hypothetically take these items that men put their confidence in in your life and and pull them out from under you, where would you become the most unstable? Which, which thing are you putting your confidence in? And I have a list here. I'll, I'll read them off. There may be more than that. Uh, one is friends and family. It's one thing that we put our confidence in. We find security in. And it's not wrong, but uh, possibly it could be. Money and possessions. The things we own, the money we have, we've got confidence. You know, I got, I got X amount in the bank. I feel secure. I feel good now. Um, I, I bought this, and I'm set. I'm good. I, we can do that. And I think we're, we're honest enough to know that. Uh, men put their confidence in a living relationship with God, and that's what we want. Um, men put their confidence in their career. Some people are driven by their career. That's their life. Another thing is our reputation and influence. Um, we can put our confidence in that. That's our security. We can put our confidence in our food and drink. And uh, so if you want to do a test, if you could hypothetically pull one out at a time, where would you become the most unstable? So I... I wouldn't want to do that to you, but where is your confidence? <clears throat> but truly, as I, I thought about this, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was, I was preaching to anybody here because I believe your confidence is in a living relationship with God. But nonetheless, I think it's worth 
it's worth us considering. It's, it's worth hearing a warning that we can easily put our confidence in other things. And um, It's just, if you're, if you're running a business, you can, you can put your confidence in the amount of dollars you get in the bank or how well it's going, or you can put your confidence in God. So as a final verse and encouragement for you, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So I'll, I'll leave you with that. May the Lord bless you. <clears throat>